Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today, we are talking about an organization called I Look Like Love. In studio with me, their founder and executive director, Philip Williams. How are you today? I am great, Nick. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, this interview hooked up by Aaliyah Henry. Yes. She had great things to say about you. And you said that you've known her for a while, I believe? Yes, we've known each other for several years. She's a wonderful mentor. Um, she has a, a wealth of knowledge and experience in the nonprofit sector. So I try and glean as much as I can from her. It's a smart move yeah. in this sector. <laughs> it's kind of how it must be done to right. make sure that you are effective. Right. Let's talk uh, about what this organization is. What do you guys do? Okay. Uh, we are a 501c3 serving uh, primarily the city of Dallas. We have a mobile diaper pantry, and we do a mentoring program for single mothers. Uh, so every month we do a diaper distribution called Diaper Days at WIC, uh, where we partner with Dallas WIC, and we distribute diapers to mothers that are part of the WIC program throughout the city. Uh, we centralize right now our efforts in the southern sector, but we're actually expanding next year north, south, east, and west. So we'll be providing services all over the city. How long have you guys been around? We've actually been distributing for about three years. Um, our birthday, our four-year, uh, I talk like like I'm talking about a child. Our four-year-old <laughs> birthday is uh, December, is in December, so... I get to ask this question every once in a while, and it is one of my favorite questions. Of all the things mm -hmm. that you could be doing as an organization, mm. why did you choose this? You're giving away diapers. Right. How did this start? Well, as a, um, I grew up in a single-parent home, and um, I am a single-parent mother as well. And one of the things that I remember having a young child is the kindness of strangers at very desperate times uh, when my son was very young and we were going through some financial struggles. Um, I think it's important that we, particularly as mothers, pour back into young mothers, and I wanted to find a way to do that. Um, but actually, my original background was in faith-based uh, leadership, and so I was uh, on staff at my church at the time doing leadership and started a blog called ilooklikelove.com. So that was for spiritual leadership, women's empowerment, and so forth. And then after about two weeks, God said, okay, I need you to put some feet to this. And um, how else would he want me to connect? Uh, because my heart is so, you know, touched when it comes to young little ones. Um, then that was the way to do it. So I, I prayed quite a bit, and diapers were the thing that came through. After two weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it what I said. It usually takes people a little bit longer to find their calling, you know, to, to get that word. <laughs> it just immediately came to you after you started doing Because you just started with, with a blog, you said. So right. you're only writing, yeah. and then within two weeks you decided that's not nearly enough. Right, right. Well, he's always... You know, God has always pricked my heart when it comes to writing. He knows that's, that's you know, my soft place. So to, that's something that you yeah, enjoy to do? very much so. Okay. And so, um, so I think it was his way of getting my attention, and then it was said, okay, this is what I really need you to do with this. Um, and so I, I'm so grateful that he gave me the opportunity. Um, it's a real privilege to serve in this capacity, but 
It is a labor of love. It is a labor of love. Uh, even the name, uh, you know, I was put— It's an interesting name. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I was put back a little bit when um, when I kind of had that revelation, you know, using I Look Like Love. Because it almost sounds a little arrogant, you know, when you think about it. It's like, I look it's, like— it's, It yeah. sounds like something I would say to my wife to annoy her. Right, right. You're like, look at me. Yeah, I look right. like love. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, but it really is representative of God's love. Uh, and how regardless of where we find ourselves, the circumstances that we have in our lives, um, he still desires to look like love to us. He still is there for us. Um, We're very big on no judgment. We don't, uh, the circumstances that our mothers, our families find themselves in, um, that's the past. We're moving forward. And so generationally, it's really important to keep families targeted and focused on the future because um, what we find is, you know, the the earlier a child enters into poverty, the longer it takes for them to um, to come out of poverty. So a nine year old child has a better chance of coming out of poverty uh, in their early 20s than a, a two month, three month, four month old child that it could take even into their 50s and 60s to come out of uh, poverty. So the earlier we start, the better. Let's go back to the help that you received, which is kind of the seed mm-hmm. that started all of this. Right. I have discovered doing this show that uh, for a lot of organizations that provide whatever it is, whatever they provide, Mm -hmm. it can be hard for them to get that to the people that need it because sometimes people have a hard time asking for help and even being put in that position. Uh, It it can be difficult for them. Once they get that help, they Mm -hmm. understand how great it is and how much it can help them. But there is that kind of step that people need to make. You were... You had done that. Mm-hmm. You had gone through that scenario. So right. when you talk about the situation that you were in with your son and that you did need help yes. and that you got it, how did that work? How were you able to get that help? Who was helping you? Um, I was very fortunate in that I had a, I have a small family, but, you know, I had a, a very uh, wonderful core group of people um, who were there for me, but also my church family. Uh, and then there was uh, one incident in particular where it was uh, really a stranger, someone that I had worked with years prior um, that we just happened to come across each other and I was in a financial strain. Um, that particular incident did not so much have to do with diapers. It had to do with a Christmas tree. Uh, we were coming up on Christmas. It was going to be my son's first Christmas, recognizing, you know, all of the, the wonderful uh, things about the holiday. And uh, we were living in a one-bedroom efficiency uh, in Oak Cliff, and I didn't have a m- enough money for a Christmas tree, much less gifts. So um, I really asked God, I said, I really want him to have that experience. Can You know, Lord, I, I want him to have a Christmas tree. And I uh, happened to come across an, an old coworker completely out of the blue, um, just kind of catching up. And we were talking about the holidays. And I was, I said, oh, I, you know, I really want, would love for my son to have a Christmas tree. You know, and then we just kind of went on with our lives, exchange, exchange numbers, you go on with your life. Um, and a few days later, I found um, at my doorstep a Christmas tree and all the fixings. And it was very emotional. Um, I was so grateful. Um, and it was something, it was, there was no agenda. You know, I, I, don't know that we ever spoke again. I don't think I ever saw that person again. But um, it was so heartfelt. And it was just a little card, you know, just saying Merry Christmas with all the fixings. And we came home. I, I actually remember coming home with my son from daycare and seeing it at our doorstep. And um, I think it's important that we we give beyond ourselves 
um, particularly when we give to children, when we do things for children, you know, if you want to touch someone's heart, give to their child. And that was really key for me. It, it meant so much to me. And so everything that we do at the end of the day is for the betterment of the child. Do you think that the organization is based around that experience? You said that you had a strong base and a strong mm-hmm. community to get help from, but that is sort of the extraordinary, yeah. crazy, heartwarming yeah. story that can really do something for a human being. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it really did push you in the direction of thinking about others and making sure they have certain things when they need them the most. Right, yeah. And even after that, uh, in my um, my faith walk, you know, I, I started working in children's ministry. I had never worked with children before, had no particular interest, but because someone poured into mine and I saw how people loved on my child, I felt almost obligated. I was like, if you, you know, if you want to be there for my kids, surely I can go sit in the children's church, you know, once a Sunday, once a month. Um, and so that grew from, from leadership in that area and then other areas in ministry. But somehow I came back full circle with the children because I was really doing quite a bit of uh, Christian education, like we said, leadership empowerment. Um, but when God looked at how to get my attention it was through children. It's interesting that you are viewing all this stuff through the lens of receiving mm-hmm. and then giving. Right, yeah. All the stuff that you're talking about, all these different stories, it's all about you took something in and you immediately felt the need to push that back out to somebody else. Is that something right. that you have always felt or is that something that you developed through all these different experiences? It was literally a part of my uh, my daily life because the women that were in my life, that was it was never a spoken. It, it, I don't ever remember us sitting down and having the talk about giving. I don't ever remember us ha- sitting down and having the talk about service. It was all I knew. It was all I saw. Um, whether it was in church ministry or it was the mother, uh, the the teenage mother down the street, or it was the homeless person, uh, or, and my my grandmother was a maid for um, 30 years, just in North Dallas alone. Uh, She was a maid really until she was in her 80s, and she used to work as a cook for the old Wyatt's cafeterias. Uh, So she, she always had this, this, inclination to give in some capacity, but she never let let her own uh, financial circumstances keep her from reaching out to someone else. Mm. Uh, my mother, she was a church secretary for almost 35 years. Um, and so it was literally kind of like breathing. It was like, that's what we get up and do. Again, we go back to of all the different <laughs> things that you could hand out. Yeah. Was there an experience that you had where you needed diapers that made this organization and, and its mission click in your head to think, this is what I'm going to do for mothers and families? There were when um, when my son really was, you know, kind of in the early years, you know, that first one, you know, because we were married. I was married. We separated. Uh, his father and I separated uh, right before he turned two. And so... Um, he had a we had an economic downturn. He had gotten laid off from work. And so the struggle of do we have enough diapers in the house? Um, do I have enough diapers to make it until the morning? Um, and that's a very real struggle. And it's something that anyone can associate, even if you're babysitting. You know, even if you have the the kid for a couple of hours, you know, the question will run through your mind. Do I have enough? This is a universal truth. (laughs) Everyone can understand this. Exactly. And so just imagine, um, you know, going maybe from, okay, well, I can make it home or I can I can get run to the store, but not having that opportunity, not having those resources just to be able to say that. Um, and how do I stretch diapers? Diaper stretching is a major 
uh, concern, major issue. Uh, when you look at the profile of a young mother, you know, with a young baby um, in a low-income family, that's something they have to take into account. How long will the diapers stretch? Um, that's that's a health issue. It's a psychological issue. Um, it plays on the mother to to feel you know that they are inadequate because mm. I don't have enough diapers in the home, and so diapers are, are a pretty big thing. They're they're you know it's yeah it's you know it's what you do what you need to do you change the di- the baby and so forth. But the effect of diaper insufficiency on a home is huge. I never thought about the psychological impact something yeah. like that would have. Was that something that you noticed after you started? with this whole project or was that in your mind as you were developing it it was it was kind of in my mind as we were developing um but i'll be honest one of the confirmations that i received um that i was you know not crazy because diapers you know nobody was talking about diapers and um you know to say okay is this really what i need to be doing um it was the last year that um president obama was in office and it was his mother's day speech um, that he did on medium.com and he did an appeal for diaper insufficiency. Mm. And I was just like, the light bulb came on. I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> if, if you're going to get affirmed, that's a pretty exactly, good point. Exactly. And, and he spoke to you know, the, the uh, postpartum depression and, mm. and uh, the struggles that take place. As a matter of fact, he started an initiative with uh, jet.com to help uh, organizations such as mine uh, get low cost diapers to help fill the gap. So with that kind of energy, you know, confirmation, uh, I was like, okay, now this is making sense. I, you know, I don't, maybe I don't have to hear everybody talking about it, but at least, you know, I I know I'm not nuts. I know I'm not crazy. (laughs) Philippa Williams is the founder and executive director of I Look Like Love, their website, ilooklikelove.org, or give them a call, 800-569-5800. Let's talk about how this all kind of works out. You guys Mm -hmm. are mobile. Yes. How does this process work for mothers that do need diapers? Well, our target audience really is the the mothers that are receiving services primarily through WIC. Um, It was really important for us to make sure that we partner with another resource. Um, We wanted to build on that. And um, some people may or may not be aware, but there are no diaper assistance uh, efforts or programs uh, through any government entities. So WIC, SNAP, TANF, none, none of the what government... What is WIC for people that aren't familiar WIC with it? WIC is Women and Children. Uh, it's basically the program that the government designed decades ago for families with young children, generally up to five years old. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear about mothers receiving uh, formula and um, you know getting well visits and things like that, that's through the WIC program. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you you tied yourself to that program? Yes. We actually um, applied for partnership with the state. Uh, took about a year and uh, went through their vetting process, and so we were approved. So we are an auxiliary provider for diapers through WIC. And as long as that organization has been around, and as much as they do for mothers and mm-hmm. children, diapers was not something that they were involved in? Perhaps maybe 50, 60 years ago at the early— Yeah, really? but since then, no. No. And you showed up with this great idea. With diapers, yeah. And here you are. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that something that essential was overlooked for so long. True. Very it's great true. that you were able to find that find that thing that right. people need, and that's exactly what mothers need. So you're you, you're working with WIC, and a lot of the mothers that 
get your diapers are working through that organization. Correct. Yeah, they have to. Um, when we do our monthly distributions, they are community wide, but we do ask that the uh, mother be on WIC or are about to get on WIC because we have some that are actually coming in the clinic to sign up and they go ahead and get diapers as well and uh, have a valid photo ID. Um, we will, because we're expanding so much next year, we will be doing some pre-registration, but currently we're not doing uh, any pre-registration. Um, and we're there on that Friday morning, and we start. We try to start early uh, so we can get those mamas and babies back home. How many diapers are you giving out each time Mm-hmm. You guys set up shop. They get 50 diapers and wipes. 50 diapers and wipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on average, um, some studies that we've looked at a f- uh, several years ago, because there's not a lot of data out there about diaper insufficiency, um, but there was um, some data from uh, up north a few years ago that said 50 diapers is about the amount of the gap that families typically find uh, as far as needing to supplement diapers or not having enough. They average about 50 diapers short a month. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that that's really, so what you're doing is you're not just giving a family all the diapers they need. Right. What you're doing is you're making sure that you take that stress load right. off of their shoulders when they're worried about, am I going to have enough? Like you were talking about the stretching, the right. idea of making them last when that's not a great idea. Right, right. We call it filling the diaper gap. Filling the. Di- <laughs> have you become? Uh, have you become an expert on diapers? I have. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but yes. <laughs> so, do you know which brands are the best and which ones work the best and the and the best value for dollar and and all that kind of stuff? We do uh, a cost analysis uh, twice a year um, to see you know what the you know the different brands offer, um, and then you know because our babies are so sensitive, honestly there are some that are just better you know than others. Sometimes the lower cost diaper works better than the higher cost. Mm. Uh, it just depends on the sensitivity of the baby. We have a, a lot of little sensitive bottoms out there. Um, <laughs> Who's making the Ferrari of diapers? <laughs> well, I will say this. Um, I don't know if I would call them the Ferrari, but typically Huggies is pretty even across the board. Okay, most families um have the from what we've seen the least amount of sensitivities and are most their babies are most comfortable typically in huggies but you know you even have pampers pampers is you know is is a long-standing wonderful brand uh loves as well um but you know when you see kind of just across the board sensitive and i'm just thinking you know what how sensitive they are Typically, huggies is what we we seem to come across the most now if you're giving out 50 mm-hmm Per person, right. how many people are you giving them to, typically? Well, our average, our goal every month is to serve 100 babies. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, when we, you know, 50 diapers, 100 babies, that's 5,000 diapers. Um, we typically have pretty much hit that mark. Right now we're averaging probably about 95 a month or just for the for this year. Um, but we've also had some months where it's it's been, you know, 130 babies um, in one distribution. Um, and we go from 930 to 1130. By about 1145, we're shutting it down. We have babies. Mama's good. Baby's good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I, how about this? I run on the website, which once again is ilooklikelove.org, that you guys had a goal for 2019, and that's to distribute 50,000 diapers to mm-hmm. over 800 families. Yes, where are you guys at 
in that so far? Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. We actually, uh, our board just met this past week and assessed all of the, the numbers where we are. Uh, we have exceeded our goal for this year. Congratulations. Are, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're a little over 55,000 diapers. Uh, we are still a little bit off from our 800 families. We have uh, 630 unduplicated families mm. um, because the families are able to get um, two donations a year. So if a mom comes, it, that's why we really want it to be when you need it. Yeah. We don't do it every month for every family. Um, next year we will increase to once a quarter um, because the need is so great. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty close. We probably will be on target or very close to our 800 families this year. We're talking about a lot of diapers. Yeah. 50,000 diapers yes. is a lot of diapers. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting all these diapers to give away? It's a combination. Uh, One, the community has been amazing. Um, Organizations, churches, um, sometimes it's just girl groups, sororities, families, um, and they want to do a service project, and so they do diapers. Um, But we also receive a a large portion of our distribution through Hope Supply, Mm. uh, which is a what we call a diaper bank, uh, similar to like a food bank, like North Texas Food Bank, and they do distribution to other um, uh, outlets as far as getting the the food in the community. Um, That's what a diaper bank is. And so Hope Supply uh, services a diaper bank in the uh, Dallas, the North Texas community. So we have partnership with them. So we get a a significant portion from... um, from Hope Supply. They were on the show. I, I, I talked to you about this off air. They were mm-hmm. on the show many years ago. I might have yes. to touch base with them again and, and say yes, that I was uh, hanging out with stuff. I Look Like Love. Yeah. You mentioned that you're expanding mm-hmm. and that this is something that you're doing now. You're you're not. You're mostly in South Dallas, right? We are. Our offices are based in South Dallas. We've centralized um, kind of our core efforts in South Dallas. Um, but next year we'll be expanding to distributions throughout the city. Uh, offices throughout the city, so north, south, east, and west. Ready to expand geographically. Why now? What What's the reason for the expansion? Why, why is now a good time for you guys to grow? Well, you know, the first couple of years, you really, you really just kind of assess what's going on in the community. You can know that there's a need, but until you kind of see it and are able to really assess what's going on. Um, and so we've tried to take this time to really do that. Um, historically, Dallas has had one of the higher um, diaper need uh, percentages in the country. Uh, a couple of years ago, we tied with Chicago for 49 percent. So mm. we know the numbers were there. But the question was, where is the need specifically? Um, and there are pockets throughout the city, you know, even in some of our more affluent areas, there are still pockets where you have uh, have the need. Um, but what we also found is that we had many families that would travel from all parts of the city uh, to the southern sector to receive assistance. And so we want to make sure that we're more accessible uh, to them and that we are really kind of saturating um, the city of Dallas. We know, you know, poverty is a huge issue. Childhood poverty is a huge issue in Dallas. Um, And being able to address this particular issue, um, when you look at the numbers, you look at the financial uh, impact on a a low-cost family, a low-income family, some families are paying as much for diapers as they do for transportation. And transportation is high in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not easy it's to cost- get around either. Exactly. It's costly. And so when you're having to basically look at, all right, I'm doubling what I, you know, I have transportation and then I have this. Um, how do we give them some real meaningful relief? That's meaningful relief. How many different spots are, are you expanding to? 
We're going to uh, expand to four more locations. Um, there'll be three, uh, three WIC locations, the Pleasant Grove, uh, North Dallas, and West Dallas. They're the three um uh, the Leadbetter Clinic, where we, we distribute out of now, is really the largest in the city. These are kind of like right down, right, two, three, and four. Okay. Uh, and then um, our partnership with Foremost Clinic, they're based out of South Dallas. They have a, a clinic in Balk Springs. Balk Springs is is a significantly underserved community uh, when it comes to resources. And so back in June, we did a special effort with them, and they showed us that they need help. <laughs> they showed up. <laughs> they showed up, yes. So you realized that that was where Absolutely. you were going to have to go as well. Yeah, yeah. So so as far as something that we physically do outside of the city limits, uh, presently uh, for next year it would be Bulk Springs. Have you been surprised at the need for this once you got into it? Did you realize how well this is going to be received? Because sometimes growth, for something like this, growth is always good, mm-hmm. but sometimes mm-hmm. it can be a little daunting. Yes. You're like, oh my. Yes. The growth is, yeah, absolutely. The growth is overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> um, was I surprised at the need? No. I was just surprised that there was not a lot of conversation about it. Mm. Um, when we talk about childhood poverty and we talk about the little ones, we hear a lot of talk about daycare. We hear a lot of talk about, um, you know, those things. But even daycare is impacted by diapers. If a family doesn't have enough diapers to, you know, bring the child to daycare, most daycares will not accept the child. So that limits the capacity for a mother to work. Mothers can, you know, miss days because of not having enough diapers. That that kind of dialogue was just not taking place. So those are the things that really kind of shock me. And I've grown more and more comfortable speaking out on those concerns because some in my mind, somebody has to say it. So. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been kind of an eye opener, I think. And even you know, when I talk to people, there's a genuine shock. You know, people naturally think about what they went through as far as raising their own child, mm-hmm. but you know, you just have this preconceived notion. Almost, we all go through it, and we'll all get through it. Um, but when you all go through it and don't necessarily have what it takes to get through it, that's when it gets a little interesting. Now, if I, if I have the, the story correct, you are growing geographically, mm-hmm. and then you also added the mentoring aspect to the organization, or was right. that always a part of it? Well, that was actually part of the end game. That was that for us, the diapers were the touch. How do we look, quote unquote, look like love? How do we build a relationship, a meaningful relationship with the mother? But at the end of the day, uh, we want that family to do better, to be better. Um, we want it to be not only emotionally uh, a sound household, but a financially stable household. And, you know, this is a culture where we don't necessarily have the grandmothers and the, the mud dears and the, the mimis and the nanas like we used to. Yeah. And so a big part of what we do with the mentoring is help to also fill that gap. It's real important that we, we, find, we call ourselves, we're the soft place to fall. And because we are not a, a place of judgment, you know, whatever it is that you need to to express because we would much rather that you express it and spend that time with us than to go home and then it, it, it express itself some other in a you know in a negative way. So we have our mommy mentors and uh, we call the the mentoring piece with the mom's mommy net. Uh, which, you know, has kind of a twofold um, piece to it. But actually, we are relaunching that piece in next year. We're uh, introducing a program with uh, one of our partners, Carter's House, out of South Dallas, uh, to actually do a mentoring program for families at MLK Center. So we're, we're putting the pieces together, the final pieces together now, for that to probably launch in the spring. A lot of growth. 
Yeah. You yeah. guys are going to be busy. Yes. But that's a good thing. Yes. All right. We are unfortunately running out of time. I want to talk about volunteers real quick. Let's talk about a couple of events that you do have up on the calendar. The first one coming up on November 15th. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have happening? We will be. Uh, it will be a diaper day at week event. It is for the Ledbetter Clinic in uh, in Oak Cliff on Loop 12 near 67. Um, and so we are um, looking for some volunteers to help us with that effort. Uh, and then we have our holiday um, distribution that will actually be out in Bog Springs um, on December 6th. Uh, both of those days are Fridays. And um, and so we'll be looking for some volunteers for there as well. So you can certainly call into the 800 number uh, or email us at Let's Connect at ilooklikelove.org. Um, one thing to, to take into account is we are also building out our calendar for next year mm-hmm. as far as volunteer groups. Um, so if you have a group that is interested in doing a service project uh, with us, doing a distribution, a diaper drive, you know, we, we anything and any and all things diapers, uh, then please reach out to us. Well, the website is ilooklikelove.org. As you mentioned, the phone number, 800-569-5897. There's stuff on the calendar. You can donate your time. You can donate diapers, anything to help this wonderful organization. Philip Williams is the founder and executive director of I Look Like Love. Mm-hmm. It was great speaking with you today. I really Thank appreciate you. your time. Thank you so much. It's a privilege. We appreciate it.